Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Join in on services and classes that will ignite your faith and stir you to go to the next level. Today's podcast is a class Ryan recorded for Faith at River Bible Institute titled Speak Faith. I'm full of the life of God. I got the life of God in me. Sickness can't come near me. I've been redeemed. You may have seen me before, but I'm a new creature. Recreated. No one has walked the earth quite like me. I'm a new creature. I'm immune to sickness. I'm immune to disease. I'm immune to lack. I'm immune to depression. I'm a child of God. I rejoice always. I got the life of God in me. I'm bold as a lion. Man, I'm a child of God. I'm headed for heaven. I'm exceedingly overflowing in joy, in peace, in righteousness, in holiness. I'm a child of God. I got the life of God in me. I'm alive and well. My future is guaranteed. Now give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Remember what our faith stands on. Faith stands on the Word of God. The Word can't be turned back. God can't be wrong. God is not a man that he should lie. Has he said and shall he not do it? When you say the word of God, you aren't putting pressure on yourself to do it. God said it. You're quoting God. If I come to you and I say, hey, my brother said he would do this. There's no pressure on me. It's on my brother. He's the one who said it. God said, let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I believe we need to change our thinking. You change your speaking, but change your thinking. You know, they've done research on the human brain. And they say that your brain is like, almost like a root system. That you have certain things that link to other things. I can say Saturday morning cartoons. And there's a feeling that goes along with Saturday morning cartoons. Ah, yeah. oh, Saturday morning cartoons. Cocoa Pebbles. Mom's still asleep. There's feelings attached to thoughts. Thoughts are powerful. Feelings attached to them. I can say Christmas vacation. Ah, oh, that just sounds nice. That feels good to think about that. And I could say reading assignment. And you're like, oh, I'll go back to Christmas. So there's pathways. Our thoughts have pathways. 
But you know, you can actually retrain your brain. You can retrain your thoughts. If you think of the future, the devil works overtime to get every thought of the future to be one of worry, money, spouse, ministry. He wants it to be a negative thought. Launching, I could say launching out in the ministry. and You get terrified. I got to launch out in the ministry. Listen, serve God. Just serve God. He can figure out the details. I was 18 when I graduated RBI. I got my high school diploma at 16. They let me start. They don't let you do that anymore. My mom was a school teacher. She accelerated us. Started at 16. Graduated at 18. Took a summer class here at RBI. This was years ago. Three years. Graduated at 18. I'm going to launch into ministry. Ten years later, I'm still in door-to-door sales. And at some point, I realized, man, I'm still serving God, and this is where he's brought me to. So let me not sweat the details on what that's going to look like. If I was going to hire somebody, I look at two things. If I've hired people and I I need to promote one, I look at two things. I look at competence or diligence, how, how how good are you at the job, the practical, how good are you at this? Are you competent? Would I say you're diligent? Do you focus on the task at hand? And I'd look at faithfulness. I'm not going to promote someone I've hired for one day. I'm looking for faithfulness. Be faithful. Be diligent. Figure out what is faithful, what is diligent for you in RBI. Do those things. But don't worry about the future. How, who's going to open the door for me to come and minister? Who's going to do this? That's up to the Lord. The Bible says your gift will make room for you. You know what I would rather have an employee is someone who's not worried about their promotion. I want someone who puts their effort into today's work. Don't talk to me about your promotion. Let me talk to you about your promotion. You talk to me about what you're doing today for my company. I believe it's the same. People who are so worried. Promotion comes from the Lord. You be faithful. Enjoy the journey and be faithful with where you're at. Take the pressure off. We can always look ahead. The devil wants us to spend our time. It's good to plan for the future. They say dress for the job you want. I'm I'm about that. I think that's good. But don't spend all your time worrying about getting promoted. What has God given you to do today? Be really good at that. Get really good at that. But retrain your mind. Retrain your thoughts. All that to say retrain your thoughts. You know that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law? The Bible says that cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus did that. You know, he says that we know the, uh, in 2 Corinthians 8, I think it's verse 9. He said, God is able to make all grace abound unto you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things would abound unto every good work. And we know the grace of God. For our sakes, he was made poor, that we might be made rich. That's part of redemption. You know, you've actually been redeemed from poverty, from lack. But you need to retrain your thoughts to that. Spend time imagining the abundance of God. Spend time imagining what abundance looks like for you. I've had people that I've talked to this. said, man, I've, no one in my family has graduated college. No one in my family has a good job. No one in my family. Well, you're in the family of God. So look at that family instead. Retrain your thoughts. You know, you can be rich and actually still have a poverty mindset. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
Some of the richest people are the poorest. My brother and I, I don't know if I talked about it here. My brother and I did a, recorded a video recently and talked about, we we're talking about money. And my brother brought up Howard Stern. You guys know, heard the name Howard Stern before. But he's very rich. He's very rich. But he says he has a tough time sleeping at night. He says he can't even spend a little bit of money because he's worried that it'll all go away. Worries. He can't even spend a little bit of money because he thinks it's all going to evaporate. I wouldn't want to live like that. His poverty mindset with millions and millions and millions, multi-millions in the bank. Poverty. Terrible. Retrain your, your thoughts. Train your thoughts according to Scripture. What does exceedingly abundantly look like in a spouse? What does exceedingly abundantly look like in a future? Truth is, if you're willing to be, go all out for God, I believe money will be something you don't even have to think about. But until then, train your thoughts away from the negative. And the devil will say, you're only going to have lack. And then just go hard in the other direction. Not only am I not going to lack, I am going to be so rich. It's going to be even embarrassing for me how rich I It will actually get to the point of embarrassment for me. I'm so, this is a kind of embarrassing how much the Lord has blessed me. But I will always stand up for it no matter how embarrassed of it I am. You have to be willing to stand up for the blessing of God. If I was you, I would sit down and write out the, the level of blessing that you're comfortable standing up for. Because you won't get beyond that. The moment you get blessed, that someone will be like, man, that's an awesome car. And you'll be like, yeah, I got, done. I got a good deal on it. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, someone gave these to me. I'm done with that. I'm not making excuses. The Lord's blessed me. Man, I can't believe your house got paid off. Yeah, but you know. No, absolutely. I serve God. What do you expect? I serve God. He told me that I would lend and not borrow, and I didn't realize that when I bought the house, so I borrowed, but it was a mistake. So he's bringing me out of, of debt. I'm close, close to being out of debt, very close. I'll never be in debt ever again after this. Retrain your thoughts. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Some of us are asking, but our thinking is on the other end of it. We're asking abundantly and thinking in poverty. Ask or think. Some of us are asking abundantly, but thinking in poverty. I understand because it's a battle. It's a battle. The thoughts come. You have to fight against them. Fight against them. You know, if, if the devil is the father of lies, you can actually take his lies as evidence for your breakthrough. <laughs> Whatever he's saying, it's actually the opposite. Because this is what happens. The word of the Lord comes. And then he'll attack that area. He's a thief. He tries to get in where he's not welcome. This is going to be your best year in business. And that week, you have an account fall out. You're like, oh, my gosh, it looks like we're going backwards. That's when you know the breakthrough's coming. We're getting close. The devil's getting nervous. <laughs> not only is this going to be my best year, but it's going to double and triple any other year. Go hard in the other direction. Not only is this house paid off, but I'm going to have many properties, all debt-free, in the name of Jesus. The Lord's already working on my house. I know the Lord, you know how I know the Lord cares about me with my house? 
When I bought this house five years ago, I like to cook. I like to bake. I used to make a lot of jam. Interesting thing. I'd go out and I would go to like a U-Pick farm and I'd pick strawberries and blueberries and I'd go home and I'd, I'm, I'm good in the kitchen, but I would make jam and I would make marmalade. I'm from South Africa. We eat marmalade. And there's a specific type of orange, a sour orange, a seville orange that you make traditional British marmalade from. And when I bought my house, there was a tree, a seville orange tree in my backyard. There was a lemon tree in my backyard. There was a regular orange tree in my backyard. God had had, had the people who lived there before me, two lesbians living in that house before me, planting orange trees for Ryan who's going to come and scoop the house up from underneath them. <laughs> I got to the house, and when I found out, they're like, this is, you probably won't use this side of the tree, but you, it's like sour oranges, and I just started to laugh. I'm like, if you only knew. If you only knew. So we, made, so we made marmalade. God's planning and preparing for you. I remember one time I was working. <clears throat> I knock on this door. It was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Most people aren't home when you try to sell them an alarm system at 2 o'clock, but I knocked on the door. And the guy answers, he's like, it's funny, it's my, I'm hardly ever here, but I had to be home for something that was going on at the house. So come on in. So I go inside, and I sit down, and I look out his back window, and I see, I like figs, and I see these figs. We're in Texas, and we see these huge fig trees just laden down with fruit. And I'm like, are those fig trees? He's, and the wife's like, yeah, that's, those are fig trees. I'm like, that's awesome. They're like, we made some fig jam. Would you like some? I'm like... Uh, yeah, I would like some. They're like, the only thing we have to put it on is a biscuit. I'm like, well, funny thing you say that, because that's the best food on planet Earth, is a <laughs> buttermilk biscuit. It's a fact. It's the best thing that ever happened <laughs> to the... It's the best contribution that America has made to the culinary scene is southern food. Buttermilk, biscuits, fried chicken, and gravy. Thank you, Jesus. Would you like a biscuit... Would you like a biscuit with fig jam on it? It's like, I, yes, please, I would. And I'm like, Lord, this is crazy. I've got a sale. I'm making money right now with, in Texas with biscuits and homemade fig jam. And they're like, here's some figs for you to take for the road. And so I get my, my thing of figs. The technician shows up. I leave, and I'm like thanking the Lord. I'm like, this is crazy. And I walk out, and I'm like, I'm kind of thirsty. I forgot to get water inside. And I walk up, up the street, and I'm holding my, this thing of figs, walking back to my car. And this UPS truck pulls up, and this lady, she's like, hey, sweetie, how are you? And I guess she had seen someone who she thought was me, but working in one of the neighbors around there. She's like, you, you're out here every day. And I'm like, I've never seen this lady in my life, but yes, ma'am. I'm like, I'm out here every day. She's like, uh, would you like some water? Because i got this cooler here with water in it. And I'm like, it's funny you mentioned that. And then she grabs the water, and she said, um, I'm like, thank you so much. I said, what's your name? She's like, my name's Angel. And I said... Well, Angel, it's nice to meet you. And for a second, I was like, this is actually a legitimate angel that the Lord has sent. But then the way that I knew she wasn't an angel is I said, would you like some figs? And she's like, no, nah, I can't eat no figs. Those things mess up my bowels. I can't eat no figs. And I'm like, she's not a real angel. Not a real, but thank you, Lord, for the water and the figs. <laughs> The Lord knows what you like. <laughs> if you knew what the Lord is actually planning for you, that's a fully true story. I don't lie. 
if you knew how much the Lord loved you and what he's actually already planning for you, how he's actually already planning a spouse for you, you would be less worried about going to try to figure this out. Stop trying to listen to the voice of the Lord for who your spouse is right now. You're in first year. You should not be, you should not be tuning your ear to like, Lord, is it them? Is it them? Do you do not need to know? What are you going to do with that information two years in advance? Trust me, the Lord has someone for you. Do you know how I know that? Because the Lord picked a bride for Isaac. So I said, Lord, if you're willing to pick one for Isaac, you're no respecter of persons. You'll pick one for me. Now, this is not for the married people. You guys, you're <laughs> 10 years on, obviously. The Lord will pick a, a husband or a wife for you. But you don't need to know who they are right now. Set yourself apart. Go after the things of God. And the Lord will work it out. I heard someone once say, and this is faith class. I don't know what I'm talking about this. But marriage is not two people looking at each other. It's two people facing the same direction. And I, I think that's partially true. I think it's both. But the one thing that really helped me is they said, when you're serving God, you don't stop. All right, you're running for the Lord, and you stop and get married and run for the Lord. You keep running until you find someone who's running the same race that you are, running the same pace that you are, and you grab hands with them, and you keep running for the Lord. The purpose of your marriage is not happiness. The purpose of your marriage is, is the kingdom of God. It's the purpose of your life. It's the purpose of your marriage. It's everything. But God is planning. I said all that to say God is preparing for you the work that God has laid up for you. You'll look back in 10 years and be like, man, maybe this is not what I expected, but this is so much better than I could have ever expected. Retrain your thoughts to God's abundance. I started praying prayers like, Lord, surprise me this week. Lord, surprise me this week. I like to surprise my wife. Lord, you can surprise me this week. Surprise me this week. And then a phone call. Hey, could, are you still selling security systems? Yeah, I can still get you. Well, I'd like a, okay. And there's a little bonus. Surprise you this week. The Lord's planning and love for you. Retrain your thoughts. The thoughts of lack come. Not only am I not going to lack... Thank you, Jesus. Your imagination is powerful. Genesis eleven six, and the Lord said, Behold, Genesis eleven six, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. If God is willing to give us more than we even ask or think, it'll even go to say that you don't actually have to ask. The Lord will see your thoughts. Say, I'm gonna do more than that. That's why you can say, even before you asked, I answered you. Imagine. Imagine. Isaiah 32, verse 8. But the liberal devises liberal things, and by liberal things shall he stand. God has not built you for poverty. He's built you for abundance. How many tithers do we have in this place? You qualify. You qualify. You qualify. You qualify. We got we to gotta begin to stop and say, you know what? If God told, tells me I qualify in his word, I qualify. You can spend your whole life disqualifying yourself by whatever. How about qualify yourself? The Lord says if I uh, bring tithes and offerings, I give it shall be given unto me. Good measure, press down. Link your faith. Link your faith with your giving. Don't just send your gift. Link your faith to it. Because that tells God, God, I trust you. Yes, we give God because we love him. Yes, we give to God. Yes, even if there wasn't a promise, even if there wasn't a promise of return, and he said give 10%, we'd still do it because we love him and we serve him, and it's part of it. But link your faith that you won't outgive God, that 
you won't look back and say, Lord, I gave and I was faithful and I didn't see your blessing. We have to retrain our minds because we, we, oh, I gotta, it's Christmas time. I guess I got to get those guys a gift too. Ah, oh, man. There's, that, there's no bone in God's body if he has bones. I don't know how that works with him. He's a spirit being, so maybe there's no. But there's no, there's no unhappy giving from God. There's joyful giving. He says he delights to do you good all the days of your life. I don't think God wakes up, but if we can speak in human terms, he wakes up and says, man, I'm going to do them good today. Oh, my goodness. But he needs your faith. What, is our, what, is our, what does our faith stand on? It stands on the word of God. Remember the word of God. This is how faith works. A need comes or a desire comes, and then you grab the word. You say, Lord, I'm asking you according to your word. Father, I ask in faith that you said, whatever I put my hand to prospers. And I thank you, Lord, according to your word, this new job is going to prosper. That if anyone's getting a promotion, I'm getting a promotion. That you said if I was diligent, you said the diligent bear rules. So as I'm diligent in my work and as I honor you, that I'll stand out. That you'll make me stand out. As Joseph stood out, you'll make me to stand out. Lord, I thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And then there's something will come that will oppose it. And then this is where faith starts. You take the word and you say, but Lord, I thank you. It doesn't matter what I see. Your word says. And so I prize your word above what I see. Circumstances change. But your word never changes. And so I'm standing on your word. And you build your faith on the word of God. The word is incorruptible. The word works miracles. And you use the word as a hammer to break that rock, that circumstance into pieces. And you beat on it, and you beat on it, and you keep beating on it. We're going to talk on Monday when we don't have a shortened class. We're going to talk about praise. So I want you to wear your dancing shoes on Monday. I'm going to ask them if I can come in jeans and a t-shirt for Monday. Because I dance harder than anyone I know. <laughs> See, this is the difference. I'm actually from Africa. It's in my bones. <laughs> you praise. You thank the Lord. You dance. Praise. You, do you want to know how to live a life of absolute joy all the time? It's praise. It's actually, that's the, that's the key. You can choose how... Oh, that's just not my personality. That doesn't matter. God said rejoice always. Lord, you said rejoice always. So thank you, Jesus, even though it's a storm. It's been a storm for the last six years. I just want to say thank you. Actual joy. You can tell joy and then like trying to be joy. And the difference is just praise. Just praise. Just praise. Praise, I man, I can't get into this message now. Well, I can't do it. We only got 10 minutes. I can't get into this message. <laughs> you know, praise is a point of contact. Every miracle has to have a point of contact. Don't forget the point of contact. It's not enough to have faith. Your faith needs a point of contact. The woman with the issue of blood. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. There's a point of contact for every miracle. You can have all the faith in the world, but without a point of contact. It won't produce results. It's a point of contact. 
It's really the thought life because people let the devil keep them down in their thought life. The power of God could resurrect Jesus from the dead. He can change anything in an instant. Anything. He can turn someone from depressed in a mental institution to joyful serving God within two seconds. But some, the thing is, people, people don't like to stand out. And they, even it's a false humility of like, well, that's not my personality. I don't want to be seen. But God likes, if David danced before the Lord with all his heart and God called him the man after God's own heart, I don't care what people think about me. And God likes that. God likes that Amen. little bit of fight, that little fight that says, I don't actually care. You have to have that as a Christian because the fear of man brings a snare. And so sometimes you have to actually like push yourself into that. If I'm willing to dance in front of everybody and look ridiculous, then God knows that I'll be willing to do what he asked me to do when it's difficult. But people want to stay in this place. Well, that's not for me. Maybe one day. But you just choose. You just choose. I think praise is one of the, and it's something I've only learned later in life, but it's a master key. You choose to be joyful every day. Because what circumstance can the power of God not change? Name one. That the power of God in your life can't change. Name one. God is big enough. God is strong enough. You know, you can praise and hit joy. That's really what it should be. You praise until you hit joy. Praise with your whole heart until you hit it. Like, you'll hit it. I don't know if I've actually experienced really the joy of the Lord. I, I, li- I usually live out of that place. Smith Wigglesworth would wake up and put his feet on the ground and dance before the Lord for 10 minutes hard every day. You wonder why he saw what he did. He just lived out of his spirit. Like you get over quickly. People wake up and they grab their phone and they're looking at CNN and, and they live in this realm. And then everything depends on the, the follows. I am going to praise God. My life is built on him. Everyone else is living in a different economy. I'm living in Jesus' economy. We stand on the word of God. Hallelujah. I knew this was going to happen. Sometimes I study for like two, three, four hours to put together one of these 45-minute things. And then there's like the one on praise that I think I wrote it in seven minutes because it's just in me. If there's, if there's anything I want to preach about, it's praise. I had the opportunity to go to Amsterdam and preach in the uh, River Bible Institute there uh, a year ago on praise. And you talk about people who are resistant to, to, to that. Europeans, white Europeans. <laughs> Thankfully, there were some Africans in the church, so at least, at least I had somebody on my side. But it'll come. I'm just going to seed you for the next class for, for Monday. Come with your shoes ready to go. You know, David said in that thing, he, when, when his wife, his wife said, look at you, you embarrassed yourself dancing before the Lord like that. You embarrassed yourself. And he said, I will become even more undignified. He said, I'll become so undignified that it embarrasses me. When you're dancing so hard that you're embarrassed for yourself, you're like, why am I actually, what is actually happening? You've probably reached the place where your praise 
has got God's attention. <laughs> but you know what happened to her? She became barren. People who don't praise are unfruitful. Because you, know you, know you know why God is God? A God is someone who must be worshipped. That's the definition. God is someone who must be worshipped. So where do we worship? There's no really where in society. People like celebrities, but no one actually worships somebody. But that's the difference is God must be worshipped. So people who are willing to engage in powerful praise and worship, no one's seeing it and you're waking up and you're praising God. Six o'clock in the morning, dancing before the Lord. Seven o'clock in the morning, dancing before the Lord. Getting sweaty, getting gross, (laughs) dancing before the Lord. Do it after you, before you shower. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Lord, I give you glory. Lord, you're the mighty one. You're the holy one. God, you're the creator of the ends of the earth. Lord, there's nobody like you. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that your mercies are new every single morning. Lord, I ask specifically for every person in here for powerful breakthrough for everyone, Lord. For for return on seed for everyone, God. Lord, even as we go into this weekend, that we'll hear miracles coming in Jesus' name. We'll hear a breakthrough coming in Jesus' name. Lord, that you'll give seed to the sower this week. Lord, you'll give bread to the eater this week. Lord, you'll even multiply resources for sowing this weekend. In the name of Jesus, Lord, as your people are dedicated to serving you, that they won't spend years waiting to see. But Lord, they will touch the hem of your garment. Lord, and they'll receive their miracle instantly in Jesus' name. I thank you for mighty testimonies coming out of this week. Lord, we give you glory and honor. We serve you with a full heart, with a grateful heart, Lord, that the most important thing you did was take our place, take our sin, give us your name, give us your blood, put us in your family. But we thank you, Lord, for dominion here on this earth. And we see it this weekend in the name of Jesus. And everybody said...